Welcome to Massive Damage Adventures, an actual play role-playing game podcast. My name is Merrick Moyer. I'm the Dungeon Master, Storyteller, Lore Master, and All-Around Host. Every month, I run a one-shot using a different system, pulling in a different cast of players. For Season 5, we're trying a few new formats. We'll be alternating between one-shots and short, three-part campaigns. You can also find short campaigns live on twitch.tv slash massivedamageadventures or archived on YouTube under Skyhammer Press. And you can find our ongoing D&D campaign, Rise of the Ancients, on the Massive Damage Campaigns podcast. All intellectual properties, including game materials, setting material, music, and whatever else, are used without permission. None of them are ours. We're just using them to enhance our gameplay. But an extra special thank you to Hayden Lister for letting us use his song Rediscovery as our intro. Check out more of his music at ReverbNation.com slash Hayden Lister. H-A-Y-D-E-N-L-I-S-T-E-R. Also, please rate and subscribe and follow us on Twitter at SkyhammerK and on Instagram at Skyhammer Press. If you want to run your own games and need a few ideas, check out our social media Roll D4 Adventure Prompts. And if you pledge a dollar a month at patreon.com slash skyhammerpress, you get four full adventure seeds on every Roll D4 Adventure. Fortior in Libertate. That's the Google Translate Latin motto that I used for Flintwood Academy, the magic school we're using today in our game of Kids on Brooms. Welcome to Massive Damage Adventures, where we're back to playing a one-shot. This is the fourth episode of Season 5, and in April, we're back to a short three-part campaign. That'll be Hellboy. Today, we're playing Kids on Brooms by Renegade Game Studios. It's a magical school hack of the Kids on Bikes game, which is itself an homage to 80s movies and adventure mysteries through the eyes of kids. In Kids on Brooms, you make a magic school with its history, classes, and locations, then you define your characters and their relationships. It's a collaborative world-building game before you get to the RPG itself. Playing the game is pretty simple. Your trope and age determine most of your stats and bonuses. The six core stats are Brains, Brawn, Fight, Flight, Charm, and Grit. Those are ranked from D4, which is terrible, to D20, which is superb. When you want to accomplish something, you roll your die and compare it to a difficulty. The difference is your degree of success or failure. If you're casting magic, you also get to roll an additional D4 magic die that is added to your result. Every stat die you roll, but not your magic die, explodes if it rolls the highest amount, which means that if you roll a 10 on a d10, you roll an additional d10 and add that second value as well. Dice can continue to explode if you keep rolling the maximum over and over. Magic rolls use a really straightforward way to determine difficulty. The player describes what they want their character to do, and the GM sets the difficulty of the action by referencing four tables, magnitude, area, duration, and experience. For example, using a gust of wind to blow a stack of papers off a desk would be a plus one in magnitude because it could naturally happen. The area of effect is tiny, so probably another plus one. The duration is instantaneous, so that'd be a zero. And most likely, the character has cast this before, for a final plus one, giving the total difficulty a value of three. Easy peasy. 
However, if you want to knock the entire desk over, you might change the magnitude to an unnatural of 3, and the area to big of plus 5, and now the difficulty is 9. If you want to conjure a permanent mystical gateway to the moon, that would probably be reality breaking at plus 7, big at plus 5, permanent at plus 6, and inexperienced at plus 5, a total difficulty of 23. Now, if you want to argue that in the knocking the desk over example, the difficulty shouldn't be unnatural because, you know, gale force winds and tornadoes and so on, then maybe you don't get that plus three and the difficulty is actually just six. But that's up to you, your players, and the table as a whole, and the style of game that you're playing. The rules are flexible, straightforward, and fit into less than 100 pages of a 6x9 A5 book. This is the first kids-on-whatever game that I've played, and I really enjoyed it. Much like our very first episode where we used Fate Accelerated to model going to a magical school, this rule set leaves things open-ended for imagination, which I feel is the most important box to check when playing in this genre. I don't know how the game would hold up to a long campaign, but it feels like you could get some good stories out of it. Now, because it's still the billion-dollar franchise in the room that overshadows all other magical schools in the zeitgeist, let's talk again about Hogwarts, J.K. Rowling, and the effects of her bigotry on current events. Trans rights are human rights. J.K. Rowling is actively harming trans activism, and she's contributed to events happening all over the world. If you haven't heard already, in the first week of 2022, American lawmakers in seven states proposed legislation that would discriminate against trans and non-binary kids. In the UK, the Equality and Human Rights Commission, which is supposed to be a support, is arguing against banning conversion therapy. But most worrisome is the recent letter from Texas Governor Greg Abbott telling people that gender-affirming procedures constitute child abuse and that doctors, teachers, and so on have a duty to report trans children and their parents to law enforcement. On top of that, Florida just passed its Don't Say Gay bill that gives parents the ability to sue schools if they talk about gender identity or LGBTQ lives. And don't even get me started on Dave Chappelle. These actions of public figures are a direct next step from J.K. Rowling using her platform to normalize transphobic bigotry. Once again, shame on you, J.K. Rowling. Do the right thing and evaluate how your support has helped gender-critical bigots grow, thrive, and directly affect the lives of people you yourself have said are vulnerable. If you are such an ally, do better. Anyways, this is why we're playing in a cool magical school that has nothing to do with Hogwarts. Our players today included Jen Moyer as Madison, an offbeat eccentric, Manuel Zuniga as William, a wacky prankster, Melissa Bentz as Jocelyn, a charismatic slacker, Grace Struth as Harper, a teacher's pet, and Patrick McGeehan as Ansel von Tremelsworth, a haughty descendant. This episode sponsored by Roll20. <laughs> Woohoo, Roll20, the fanci uh, fanciful virtual tabletop that we love so much. I don't know, fanciful. Fanciful. 
fanciful. Fanciful. Super fanciful. Slick character sheets. I love them. We've done it like yeah. a thousand times, and now fanciful is it thrown in? You gotta gotta switch it up. Um, it is a fancy fanciful uh, virtual tabletop where we have put a whole bunch of things. I have uh, used the. I don't know if it's actually official, but it is a Roll20 character sheet, Kids on Brooms. I don't know if it's made by Renegade uh, Renegade uh, Game Studio or Hunter's Entertainment, who are the creators of Kids on Brooms, or if it was a, um, a community-built one. I got, I'd have to check that. But it's super fantastic. It covers everything. It does the dice rolling. It looks really pretty. And, yeah, if you don't know Roll20, it is free to sign up and get playing virtually. All right. Students, you are attending Flintwood Academy. It's motto Fortior in Libertate. I'm going to share a picture of the... Oh, we lost Manuel. Again, just... Okay, strength and freedom? If I lose the space video. Pretty close, yeah. Flintwood is located 50 kilometers north of Vancouver in a provincial park, inaccessible to the rest of the mainland. Access to the school is strictly by portal or flying conveyance. It's gorgeous. Yeah, can I go there? Is that a, that's got to be a real place, right? Yeah, I mean, I just stole a castle picture from, like, Eastern Europe, I think. I need and, to live there. And next we're going to steal that damn castle. I mean, what if that's what they did? Instead of going, we could build an ancient ruined castle, they're like, that Eastern European castle there is just, that's the one. Let's take it home. Founded nearly 30 years ago by Tyrus Rookburn and his students, the school has grown slowly over the decades. Many of those original students have become professors in their various fields of specialization. The school is currently led by head professor Elizabeth Yee. Classes include Defense Against Malicious Magic, History of Magic, Potions, Divination, Astronomy, Numerology, Charms, Brooms, Summoning, Transfiguration, Demonology, Magical Wilderness Survival, Magical Inventions, and Gym. <laughs> you still have to get five credits in Gym. Yep. Um, I got a doctor's note for Gym class, so I don't have to attend. Oh, Hey, it's it's me, the only class 10. Jocelyn does attend, even though she's not particularly better at it than any of the others. So um, we're going to open up with Manuel. If you could please describe your character and the prank that you are currently enchanting. So my character's name is William. Uh, he's 17 and he is a... Uh... He's a he's a wacky prankster as my trope, and right now he's currently in the process of enchant. He he likes to to push the status quo and to mess with the establishment. Uh, right now he is in the process of enchanting the faculty bathroom, so <laughs> that when someone goes to the washroom, uh, it looks like there's a lot of toilet paper. Uh, when you finish, there is no toilet paper actually, and so oh, he's in the process. William is of... a William's a cruel man. Yeah, that's and not so... wacky. <laughs> That's hilarious. The rest okay. of you are involved in some way. You might be there helping. You might be there trying to stop him. You might be there just by accident. So you can take it away. Anybody can jump in to describe your character and say what you're doing as William is working on this magic. I'll jump in. So it's the faculty bathroom, right? Correct. 
So, uh, Ansel von Trammelsworth, who is also 16, and whipcord thin, with a shock of uh, br brunette auburn hair. What's auburn? Order, I, uh, auburn is brown. Point of order, I, I, with a little bit of red. I, William was 17, right? Yes, yeah. Just before 18 in Canada, so can't actually do any of the fun stuff. Just before. And you're, and you're in BC, so. Oh. Anyway, sorry. Not also 16, but definitely 16. Back to Ansel. He's also 16 in that other people are 16 in the world. True. He's not the only 16-year-old is what I was trying to say. There are I other 16-year-olds, Merrick. Anyway. Uh, and Ansel is currently on teacher watch. Uh, trying to look casual in the hallway. Uh, doing that like, uh, I'm too cool for school lean. Uh, everyone's seen it. It's a trope. Uh, but he's got a book that he's is doesn't realize he's holding upside down uh, as he's actually just really focused on watching down the hallways to keep an eye out for uh, for Williams if, in case any teachers come by. Love it. Does Ansel think I, this I've, is hilarious what I'm doing? Yep. Okay, I've, cool. <laughs> I've got one for jumping in. Yeah, okay. Tell us about your character. Jocelyn was not involved in this prank. Wasn't. She was literally just walking down the hallway when William came crashing out of the faculty bathroom, put a whole ton of toilet paper rolls in her arms, and said, Hide these! and rushed back in. Jocelyn <laughs> hasn't decided yet whether or not to uh, agree uh, to help. Okay, so are you standing out in the hallway with armfuls of toilet paper right now? Yep. Okay, and are you trying to find a place to hide them? Yep. Okay. Is there any haversacks around? <laughs> Yeah, Ansel is going, be cool, be cool, be cooler, be cooler than what you're doing. Something, do something now. You're standing there. You haven't done anything. Do something now. Jocelyn starts putting them in her school bag. It's like infinite, right? Yeah, it's it's relatively infinite. It can hold quite a bit. But I assume it's still only got like the small school bag opening. So it's like, yeah, just a pile one at a time. Think of it like. Uh, the size of a medium bookshelf or a small wardrobe. Like, that much stuff could fit in it. Oh, I thought you meant we had to carry around that size. No, no, no. That much stuff could fit nuts. In. Oh, well, then I'm having trouble with the last roll, because I assumed he pulled a lot out of there. <laughs> okay. Next one goes uh, in a plant in the hallway. Jenner Grace? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I am Harper Gray. Um, I am 16, I am a teacher's pet, and that is why I am currently standing outside of the faculty bathroom, because we're not allowed inside, you guys, but my head is just inside. I'm going, William, this is a terrible idea. Normally, you know I'm on board with your pranks, but you cannot prank the faculty. They are the ones who give out the grades. <sighs> <laughs> I love it. That was so good. That was real. That emotion was real. That wasn't that wasn't your character. That was Grace. Yeah, this is role-playing. Hundred percent. I don't challenge the authorities. The grades. Oh, grades so are life. Okay, and I am playing Madison. Madison is sixteen as well. <laughs> <laughs> Other um, humans are sixteen. She has like a long bob of brown hair that is dyed white up to her ears. Um, and she is an offbeat eccentric. And so she's laying across. I'm picturing 
the sinks in this place being like individual pedestal sinks kind of thing. She is laying across three of them with her head hanging down upside down. It looks very uncomfortable, but she's not moving. And she's kind of muttering to herself, kind of looking at things, and then every so often just pipes in with like, Great. So good, William. Great magic. Is your head in a sink? No, it's like hanging off the... Like the if last you're like, one? Yeah, if you're like lying on your back and it's hanging off the last one. That's insanely uncomfortable. Yep. Like, just laying on sinks is uncomfortable. But laying on sinks with your head just drifting into space? And, like, there's a, there are pedestal sinks. So, like, your your shoulders are on one sink. Yeah, my butt's and, like, in one butt's sink. In a... Yeah. Yep. Insanely <laughs> uncomfortable. Like a cat I, would. I think your butt would actually be hanging between two sinks. And then, like, your, your calves are on the next one. Depends well, no, because her shoulders are. would be on one yeah. sink. What's the distance between? Exactly. Okay, if I'm at a sink, <laughs> I got a measuring tape. <laughs> okay, it's magic, so, y'all. <laughs> so, Manuel, we're gonna try and we're gonna try and make this spell. Um, it is definitely a kind of like charm spell. You're enchanting something. So let me pull. Uh, just pull this up. Uh, no, charm is influencing someone's thinking, creating an illusion, modifying appearance. Oh, so it's an yeah, illusion. Pretty, yeah, it's illusion. Yeah, so it's definitely charm. Okay, and then so we're going to go to spell checks. What, what are you trying to accomplish? Uh, this is something that ooh, doesn't bend the rules of reality. It could happen, but not naturally. So I'm going to say it's unnatural, not reality bending. So that's a that's a base of three. Um, area of effect. Are you trying to do a spell that will do this for all of them at once? Or are you doing this spell like six times? It's more just like... Um... For the day, like when people oh, go not the duration yet, but like, are you casting this spell on the washroom, or are you casting this spell on each individual roll, uh, like toilet paper dispenser thing? Oh, all every roll, because I don't have to do I don't I don't have to do the entire washroom. I just have to do the rolls. Right, I'm, I'm efficiency so in my spells. It'll yeah, it just means that it'll take longer because you're doing the spell multiple times, sure, rather than. Uh, making it more difficult to get it done in one go. Sounds good. Okay, so you're at a difficulty four, and you're doing it multiple times. Duration of the effect. You said you wanted it a day? Uh, actually, let's do it for... Let's do it for, like, a couple hours. That's not gonna be... I don't need to do it for a full day. I just need to get one or two. Your, your option is one hour or one day. One hour is a plus two. One day is a plus three. Let's do one day, one hour, one hour. So you're just you're you're setting this up like right after breakfast. Like everybody's getting their their morning coffee and they've got some food, and you know that there's going to be a faculty run on the washroom before they go to classes. They had bread muffins this afternoon. So evil. That is, <laughs> like, is there a like a an alignment tick that we can have? Because that's starting off at like. 
a level that I can't even fathom. I would kill that kid. That's a plus two. You're at a six. Uh, experience with the spell. Um, you've never seen anyone cast the spell or read about it. You've seen someone else cast it or you've read about it. You've cast the spell a few times before. So you're casting a small illusion that makes something appear gone. Feels like that's something a prankster does a lot. I've done this before. It's even like the 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 political campaign where I sabotage the bully by changing his image all the time for other people to see and not him. So I'm I'm really good at illusion spells. It's what I like it's it. where I make my bread and butter. Yeah, they're small illusions. I'm gonna give you the plus zero on this. I think that you've mastered. You've cast this spell many times before, since you definitely did that at bully thing. So your difficulty is a six. What is your charm? Twelve. Or D12. Ooh, a D12. And so you get a D12 plus a D4. Do you have any bonuses to your magic for Do charm? Do I have two? Nice. So what are you getting your charm bonuses from, just for listeners? Um, Right now I got one from my wand. I got that from... One from my wand, and then... um, I got one for uh, the magic that I chose. I'm trained in charm. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So yeah, you're just really good at charm magic. Your wand is set up for it. Uh, A d12 and a d4 plus two. I think you're going to get a six pretty easily. Go for it. I rolled a seven plus two, so nine. Nice. Uh, And so, yeah, you you cast it and the first one, like the, the stall right beside the door, enchanted. There are four stalls in here so uh as this is happening you you've got one done uh let's go to grace as you are uh, as harper is not into this you see him cast the spell successfully what do you say you're gonna be expelled for this and then i'm gonna be expelled for this we're all gonna be expelled for this or fail our finals i don't know which is worse Don't worry, Grace. This is this. This will enlighten everybody to know that the faculty is not infallible. Who's Grace? Sorry, I'm sorry. What do you mean the faculty is not infallible? The faculty is everything. You do not mess with the faculty. What are you even doing right now? You must let them know that before the revolution, they must have the revelation that they. (laughs) So, so I don't know about revolutions, but they're literally just adults, Madison. Or not Madison. Also, this is really funny. Harper, sorry. I'm learning the character names. Um, oh, so this is just yes, really but adults funny. are in charge for a reason. Because they're older? Yes. They got there first? Yes. And have more experience and more knowledge of the world and more authority. The authority thing is the important part. Authority is illusion. Um, and then can Madison will hang upside down now that I've seen um, William cast a spell once, try to shoot from her position through a stall to the, to the one at the opposite end to try to help? Sure. Um, I would say that the difficulty is a little bit more for you because you're not as trained in charm spells. But a little bit less because I watched how it was done. You have seen someone else cast it which means it's a plus three so your your difficulty would be a nine should i throw in one of my flaws to make it harder what's your flaw 
distracted. So only half paid attention to how he did it. I like that. You could get a minus one for that. So it's a t- it's effectively a ten. Right, and then we're doing charm with the magic bonus. So that I have a d8 and then a d4 because we're doing magic. I have a plus one to magic from I don't remember from what I think from my wand. I think your wand uh, because it had. Gold. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a gold core. You said it was a... A ten. A ten. I got a nine, so I'll spend an university token. Nice. Wait, can I spend those on magic? Yes, you can. Take it a ten. Oh, um, I should also go back. So that was a success. And then, Manuel, you got a nine on the difficulty six, right? Yep. So just sort of stepping through it. The character casts the spell, but not impressively. Sure, it worked, but it's clear that the character puts serious effort into making it succeed. The spell functions as as expected. So your first time doing it was just a little bit, you know, it wasn't quite as easy as uh, enchanting the, the posters. There's something more about, like, the timing and and everything in it. It just feels weird being in a washroom that I'm not normally like that. It just, it just <laughs> feels odd. It's like, yeah. The first time you go into a girl's bathroom, it's just really weird. So, oh. um, And then for uh, Madison, you cast the spell, but just barely. The strain of casting the spell is clear for, um, uh, for those in the washroom. And the spell might not function perfectly, but it, it's working. Yeah, so Madison, again, because she's, like, hanging with her head upside down, is only half paying attention. She does, like, a really wild arm flourish to, like, try to, like, really muscle it through. And the momentum of that makes her actually roll off the sinks and fall on her face. Oh. Ah! All anime style. You just hear it from the floor. Did I do that? And then outside... Um, in the hallway, a professor uh, turns a corner. Um, she looks a little bit distracted. Uh, you recognize her. This is Professor Moore. She is in her late 30s, um, dark skin, uh, buxom. And she is well known for being an excellent cook here. She does a lot of the teaching in... Um, in sort of the, uh, let's say that she's the potions teacher. And uh, her potions are always just a little bit more flavorful than others in a very pleasant way. Can I make one thing? I just want to say that, like, personally, like, as a, as a person, I feel really bad for what I'm doing. Because I know that <laughs> teachers don't, des- don't deserve this, but just... No just human does. It's no a magic human. school. They'll just like wand themselves up a bidet. Oh, that's true. Okay, thank you. Thank so. you. Yeah, but the fact that you're ex- the disappointment of like seeing toilet paper and you you know you we've all walked into public washrooms and the, there's that like paper. is there gonna be some and it's like a full roll and you're like yes whatever happens here I'm good and then you sit down it whatever takes place is now happened. You then reach for a roll of toilet paper that your hand phases through. 
That's good. so funny. The, the fear that would fill your heart. Even you'd forget you know magic for way too long for it to be okay. <laughs> you would so. panic, hands on the walls. <laughs> uh, so Ansel is uh, on watch. Jocelyn, however, do? I will just point out that Jocelyn is still in the hallway hiding the last couple rolls. Okay, yeah. Behind picture frames. <laughs> <laughs> just like tucking them under like a, a, a small cloth. Just... She's down to her pockets. Like, hmm? <laughs> uh, well, for. is going to uh, attempt to cause a distraction that would uh, alert uh, William that uh, a teacher is on the way. It was very momentarily discussed. No, of like what the distraction will be. Just you'll know it when it happens. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to attempt to just blast some of the toilet paper rolls that are currently just, like, there's, like, two or three left that uh, Jocelyn has not put, quite managed to completely obscure. And he's just gonna just just cause them to explode. <laughs> okay. Causing the... To explode sounds a lot like a brain. Uh, sorry, not a brain. A brawn. A brawn type of magic. No, that would be if it was paper towel. I hate jokester. Would you agree, Patrick? Does brawn sound right? Sure. All right. Um, so, paper towel magically exploding. Uh, could happen, but not naturally. I'm going to start it at a three as well. Um, it's a tiny area. A book or smaller, because it's just two rolls, so that gets you to a four difficulty. Uh, it's instantaneous, so no addition there. Um, experience with the spell. How often do you make small things explode? Probably a lot. <laughs> like, just out of boredom. Go-to. Yeah. He's rich and bored. <laughs> Like, not for, like, malicious, well, a little bit slightly malicious, but, like, you know, like an apple, or, like, fruit-based attacks are most common. Alright, I'm gonna make it, a, I'm gonna make it the plus one with, you have cast this spell a few times before, so that's gonna be a five total. Okay. So, do we add the magic die to our stat die? You do. Awesome possum. Starring me. And remember, if you roll the maximum on your stat die, it explodes. Nice. Like these toilet paper rolls. <laughs> uh, I do not, but it is uh, a 10 total. Okay. So with a plus 5, you cast the spell quite impressively. To anyone watching, it seems like the uh, this is a spell the character has mastered. Uh, why don't you describe uh, what happens? Uh, so it's pretty basic. There's not a whole lot of like uh, what looks like magical effects because he's trying to be like sort of surreptitious about it. But it's uh, confetti storm is the two words I'll put together. You know, it's toilet paper turned into tiny shreds covering a large area of this hallway. And are you trying to sort of like block the view of the professor so that you can all run? Not so much. That's not on the mind. It's loud. 
there's a there's a big popping sound and then it's just distracting for a moment that's my fear confetti storm loud sudden noises so if you had still been on the sinks you might have fallen off of the sinks you fall back onto the sinks (laughs) no i like leap into a crouch with my wand out like all of a sudden like warrior battle time I imagined you hissing. And uh, Professor Moore... um, I'm going to see what Professor Moore does. Kills us. Uh, She drops into a stance and pulls out her wand and looks around. And she says, what's this? What is happening here? Uh, Jocelyn's been stealing toilet paper again. Excuse I caught me. you in the middle of it. I was not stealing it. Mr. Stankowski, the janitor of Mrs. Mort, Mr. the janitor Mr. Stankowski, you know him, right? He asked me to restock the faculty bathroom, and I don't know why it's all everywhere now, but I was not stealing for it. Okay, let's, uh, let's have a little bit of a lie here. Uh, so that would be, I think, a charm roll. I'm good at those. So you don't get the D4, because that's only for magic. Um, the difficulty for this, it's a small lie. Um, I'm going to say it's a difficulty three. And My stat is one, so I get plus one. And the magic plus one does not apply because I'm not casting. Correct. This is a really swingy system if, with so little bonuses. Okay, here we go. Rolling a d20. A lie about toilet paper. I feel like you should probably get it. <laughs> Don't curse me, Merrick. You see <laughs> <laughs> He's not your evil husband. Merrick also has powers. Yeah, but he doesn't wield them for mal- malice. 16. 16. So, oof, that is, that is quite the degree of success. You're now employed as a janitor. Just to to finish the image here, so Jocelyn was on her way to her next class in the hallway here, was given a whole load of toilet paper, most of which fit in her bag. The rest has gone into, like, her cargo pants pockets, one in the hoodie one. There's one in the plant there, but the last three that were in her hands turned into amazing confetti. And she's standing there going, look, look, see, my bag, toilet paper, he asked me to stock the bathroom. So that is a degree of success of 10 or higher, literally the best that you can possibly do. And so the teacher looks at you and says, Jocelyn. Oh, hey, hang on. Let me let me switch from the uh, <laughs> the nervous type music. And she says, Jocelyn, I'm very impressed that you're taking this initiative. You know, some of the faculty have been worried about you, and it's good to see that you're helping out around the school. Um, If there are any other little jobs that you would like to take on, come to the potions room after class today. I'm sure that we could set you up with a couple of um, things that would be very helpful. I will think real hard about that, Professor Moore. And if she doesn't, I am more than willing to pitch in and help out with those little jobs. Um, and we can talk about whether or not they'll be for extra credit. Oh, Harper. I didn't see you there. Hello, sweetheart. Um, y- yes, actually, if the um, 
the three of you could perhaps just clean up this mess, and um, perhaps I'll I'll see if an exorcist needs to come through. Ansel, I've got my eyes on you. I didn't do anything. I caught her stealing. We've determined that that was not the case. You shouldn't accuse somebody of something that they weren't it, doing. She looked very suspicious. Well, thanks, next Ansel. Time, thanks a lot. Next time, That's be profiling. sure to ask them, and perhaps extend the benefit of the doubt to your fellow students. I'm just gonna go in there and put some of this toilet paper where it belongs. Very good. And then she just kind of heads along down the hallway. Problem solved. Why would you try and argue with the teacher? You've covered me in toilet paper confetti. Probably not for the last time. You should probably clean this up. (laughs) Ansel starts walking away. Jocelyn throws one roll at him before her going into the faculty washroom to put a bunch of it back. Okay, so... I assume there's, like, a pile of confetti still on the floor at this point. So can I just, like, look around real quick and then do, like, a quick cleaning spell to make it disappear? Yeah, absolutely. And we won't need to roll for that. You just clean up some stuff. Cool, cool. Jocelyn really does put a bunch of the toilet paper back when William's not looking. Like, she doesn't undo anything he did with the rolls, but she just, like, tidally makes a little tree pyramid on the top, on the back of each tank. <laughs> so disappointed in you. <laughs> All right. Um, we'll assume that you successfully cast on the last two stalls. All nullified by Jocelyn's actions of replacing extra toilet paper. I was thinking real. She was just thinking how she would feel. That's okay. If Madison sees it, she will definitely take them away. Oh yeah, they're 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 being. <laughs> As soon as she's she's putting them on, and they're just immediately being taken off. (laughs) Also, if there's no toilet paper in here after I said I was restocking the place... Not to mention, they're not going to know William was in there. They just know you were in there, and then there's going to be an illusion of toilet paper. You're getting blamed for it. That's why Jocelyn's going to come back a little later. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to forget. Okay, so... Your prank is successful. It is accomplished. Uh, you can all head off to classes if you like. I have to. I do like. I mean, if you're going to cut classes, let me know. Absolutely I feel like this not. Is like, responsible. I also feel like this, nobody would cut a magic class. Like, just the fact that you would learn magic. Like, even history of magic is 10,000 times cooler than anything. It's like, this was about werewolf wars. My favorite class what? in university, I would get it erased from my brain just to have like, a <laughs> Yeah, there's no way. I, I, can't, I can't fathom not going to the library and reading every single book. First period for all five of you is Jim. <laughs> <laughs> That's my high school, Merrick. And then I wrecked my knee. I'd like Magic Jim? No, so you, you go ahead like and... Magic um, you go to classes, and uh, it's sort of just like a regular day. Um, when at lunchtime, uh, unless there's anything that you uh, want to have happen, 
Well, like I said, Jocelyn just comes back later to restock the bathroom and keep her name relatively sort of clear. Sounds good. Um, do you restock in the uh, uh, um, dispenser? Yeah, in the dispenser where the the illusion is. No, just no, no. It does there. not interfere with the dispenser. Uh, just puts them like under like where they should go in the bathroom, like under the sinks and some on the tanks and stuff. So there will still be a moment of panic, but not I, disaster. I, I, I just, I just, I mean, that's a good point. But I do feel like, is is this Jocelyn or is this Melissa? Would Jocelyn do this? Jocelyn is super nice. But she's a slacker. She's a slacker who skips class and doesn't really care. Yeah, but she just got accused of stealing. I think this is Melissa. I think we're, I think we're experiencing Melissa's desire to not be... A, a bad girl. Jocelyn will get up to other mischief. She puts the toilet paper back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so you um, you go to your classes and everything seems fine. A couple of the teachers look a little bit grumpy. Um, <laughs> They're walking weird. You go from, uh, let's say, first class is... Uh, potions for some of you uh, with uh, Professor Moore and then uh, the next class before <laughs> before lunch is divination Ugh. Who, let's make a professor Ooh, this is Professor potions. Dalton he is a barrel chested man who's just always a little bit tightly wound. He's seen too much. And he's really like, you know, divination is magic. All other magic are parlor tricks. Divination is the magic of knowing. He's just really intense as well. And he still tries to absolutely BS his way through basically nonsense. I mean, he's done quite a few like very interesting uh, predictions and so on. He's quite good at remote viewing and uh, and clairvoyance and such things. Um, nonsense and so forth. <laughs> but then you go to lunch and there's a large dining hall. Um, what's lunch today? Anybody have a request? So first off, does the school have good lunches or awful lunches? How good is this cafeteria? This school has pretty good lunches. They're very, very good for events, and for day-to-day, they're okay. I like the idea of tater tots. I heard tater tots. Tater tots and hot dogs. But they've got tater tots and hot dogs. Uh, the tater hot tots are like not quite as crispy as you would like. It's still like a, a high school lunch, but there is quite a spread of toppings for hot dogs. Call me the glizzy Sour gladiator. Crap. Let's do this. I hate you, Manuel. Who's <laughs> um, <It was> Manuel? <laughs> that's just me talking as a human. It's it's rather full. Uh, this school has about 50 other students. You know, there's 50 to 60 students. There's probably about a dozen staff plus the head professor. Um, 
and you know, like the castle is quite empty, but the places where you are gathered are quite busy around lunch right now. Ansel is just constantly upset that there is no lobster. And we're in BC, it makes no sense. Yeah, it's so close. The ocean is right there. We should have fresh lobster. We should have fresh salmon. This is ridiculous. I don't understand it. Also, we're magic. We can do whatever we want. We contain the powers of creation. Why can't I have a GD lobster for lunch every day? I don't get it. You tried talking to the gift shop guys they can bring in special requests i don't know if they do lobster but you could ask i oh, shouldn't have special requests covered i shouldn't have to ask it should be presented i don't understand why it's not it's uh, like it's uh, i would say outrageous if i had to use a word it's lunch not war <laughs> if i had to use a word <laughs> mm, hot dogs yeah, you should eat them now, because they won't be around forever. Well, yes, that was get it. The world's going to end in whatever, it's 100 years of whatever nonsense. Yes, of course. I'm just like, saying. Somebody walking by with their tray of food, Snickers, and you hear them say the uh, um, rather mean teasing name that people have for uh, Madison. Oh, there goes Mad Maddie again. I attack them. Oh, I wouldn't worry about it. Turns out their life ends up being historically insignificant. So, (laughs) that's what they say. Except mine. (laughs) Alright, I'm going to need somebody to shout out a magical creature of some type. Manticore. Ooh, that's a good call in the first one. Hey, okay. Um, We're going to have to fight a manticore because Jen hates us. <laughs> so. I have to decide which type of manticore. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with like straight up D&D style manticore. Like not. Like venom spitting t- tail barbs. Yeah, occasionally I get the uh, the Manticore from... No, I'm thinking Chimera. Anyways. Anyways. Uh, you're all enjoying your lunches when in front of you a uh, small Manticore made of uh, reddish energy uh, appears on the table. So uh, leonine body, bat wings, um, scorpion tail... And the sort of humanoid face looks up at at each of you in turn and says, You are summoned to the head professor's office. William, what did you do? (laughs) Just head explodes. This this really shouldn't have warranted this type of response, so... Oh, Uh, I think... I think we should all finish our lunches first, because nothing could possibly better not finishing lunch. I might throw up. You should definitely eat. I refuse to eat more of this swill. Jocelyn takes his hot dog. Nah, don't take the hot dog. That's for Tiberius. 
each of the little manticores uh, like flap their wings, fly up, and sort of swirl around you before uh, disappearing. And all of the students around you, like, they get like, whoa, uh oh, summoned. Like when there was a page in high school. Yeah, Ooh. exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure they want to give us a commendation or something. I mean, if it was just me, I would assume yes, but... Mm. If it was you, I'm assuming it would be an ass-kissing award. If it were you, it would be a well-dressed... I don't know. It would be a well-dressed <laughs> award. You're quite right. These are incredibly tailored slacks. Someone poured a very fizzy beverage right next to my ear. I don't know why... <laughs> Who pours at that height? That's waiting to happen. Are we going? Let's go. We gotta finish lunch still, but sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll grab. It's, I first of all, using the word lunch on this is a very loose definition. I want to have a big conversation about how hot dogs are the poor person's food that's been co-opted by the rich people because they're just so delicious. Like it's. That's it's what like, happened I, to lobster. Yeah, exactly. Hot dogs are just lobsters of the pigs. <laughs> what? That sounded meaningful. I really hope William said that as he's standing up and shoving a hot dog into his mouth. He is. He, he's with the, regular, with the everyday man. He understands. And so just get them to deliver lobsters with the next shipment. This is a non-issue. We need I to be dealing with this issue especially request it the ocean is right you can see it from the window where the lobster lives are it's... you all having this discussion as we walk yeah i also okay, kind of assumed we were at the same table yeah i think we're yeah. all sitting together um if you guys are all getting up and walking away there'll be a moment where you look back realizing that madison is still at the table writing and has not noticed anyone has left or anything has happened I think it feels customary at this point for the like check if Madison is with us. <laughs> like everyone pauses when we all do a thing to stop, check, she's not, she's back in the bush, go back and just like steer her in our direction. What? We're going to the head professors. Oh, that sounds unnecessary. I, because the world will end. I, I, of course, yes. I mean, you you do what you want, but going might make tomorrow easier. No, she comes and she's ready. She's... Also, also, Ansel, you should know that there are no Northern Pacific lobsters. We're too far north for that. Again, magic. <laughs> but, again, on our way to the... Uh, yeah, I, I think William just covered it. It doesn't matter. We can do it with. We can summon uh, the elements at our will. There is no need for. We we don't have to go fish for the lobster. Then summon the lobster yourself. Insufferable. I will. I will summon some lobster. Do it. Do it then. I want to. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I don't even. I don't even want one now. Oh yeah, I'm sure. 
we also, Ansel doesn't have a staff. His wand is a cane. Is it a sword oh, cane? Okay. Uh, no, it's a like. Well, it's not a wand cane because that's that blonde asshole. Also, you know how hard it is to find a snooty-looking magic guy who's not blonde. Blonde was like <laughs> default for asshole. No comment. <laughs> Sorry, I'll just do one thing real quick. Anyway. Hmm. Not working correctly. Just saying. If my father ran his school, lobster every day. First of all. If my father ran the school. <laughs> we shouldn't be four times higher, but still. Just, it would be fantastic. It would be... Everything would be elite. We would never have to walk to class. All right, Teachers would come so to us. You head out of the uh, you head out of the sort of great hall, out of the cafeteria area, and you begin ascending uh, areas in the castle up to head uh, head professors. Uh, head Professor Yi's office. Um, it's in, like, basically a, a high turreted tower attached to a private library, and there's a long hallway um, with sort of, like, uh, paintings of various uh, natural landscapes, which were sort of the favorite places of the various students that... Uh, founded the school. The last painting before you get to the like big, beautiful wooden uh, office door is a <clears throat> is a portrait of the founder of the school, Tyrus Rookburn, as played by Delroy Lindo. Oh, yes. <laughs> Is he still here? It's only been 30 years. Uh, he has retired, but he visits the school occasionally. Uh, he's, as you expect, an eccentric uh, older wizard and uh, mostly just interested in his private projects right now. Very happy with how the school's being run. Love it. Um, as you approach the wooden door to the head professor's office, it opens uh, on its own accord, and you see a beautiful interior, sort of like two-level office with uh, three brightly lit chandeliers. Um, both levels of the office have um, bookshelves, and there's a like a, a half-spiral staircase. Uh, up the back, behind the desk. Ooh. Holy shit. I want one. I would have so many secret passages in that. That looks like a place one could live. Yep. Uh, head Professor Elizabeth Yee is sitting behind the desk. She's a middle-aged, probably early 40s uh, Asian woman with a little bit of uh, gray in her hair. Uh, some of it looks like it's got some dye that's run. Ooh. 
as played by Kelly Hu. So there's a, like a movie casting <laughs> for our game. Uh, oh, uh, just so everyone knows, Ansel is played by Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> yep. I should have just looked up a picture of Timothy Chalamet. That's the perfect. <laughs> um, and so as you enter, uh, the head Professor Yi goes in and sort of like waves you forward with two fingers, still looking down at the desk. Does she seem displeased? She does seem displeased. Yo. Jocelyn takes her usual favorite chair in here. <laughs> uh, how do the rest of you sort of situate yourselves as you come in? Are there chairs enough for everyone? Yeah, we can say that uh, she's set up uh, five chairs. There's a bench along the wall, and then there's a couple of chairs behind her desk that uh, face um, a blank wall that looks like uh, there'd be presentations and stuff that they could put up magically right there. Ansel shoots for the center chair of the five. <laughs> I just take a seat. And casually indifferent is his pose. Yeah, um, Madison just takes a chair and is all like knees up, like legs up, knees up on the chair, all scrunched in a little, you know, sit. Okay. Harper's feeling very wrong footed, so she like goes to sit down, but then is like, I don't know, is that the right chair? I don't know if that's the right chair. And then by that point, all the other chairs are taken, so she's just kind of like, I, and sort of hovers next to it, oh. like not quite perching on the arm, not quite settling, not really knowing what to do. Jocelyn kind of leans over and just, like, tugs her sleeve to get her to sit down. Okay. And William? Did William have a thing? William just took a seat. He's just ready to... He <laughs> just sits. It's like a normal person. I don't know. <laughs> just because I'm not. <laughs> right. Chairs are um, normal. And once everybody is sitting, uh, she looks up, and she's holding a pen, and she kind of just, you know taps it a little bit on the desk and first she looks at Joss, at Jocelyn and she turns and she looks at William is there something that any of you would like to confess? It's like a really weird way to say hi <laughs> Was there an incident that required you to get, find a scapegoat? Master Andy. Your name comes up quite often in connection with interesting events around the campus. Not today, but... And she turns to... Uh, Jocelyn and she says now Professor Moore says that you were restocking toilet paper at the faculty washroom I did and while you were there did you perhaps see anybody enacting any 
magic on the stalls. Oh, no, 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 Miss Headmaster, not at all. When I, I, It was empty when I went in there, and I made the little pyramids. Did you see them? Headmaster, if you have something to accuse us of, I suggest you do so. This game of cat and mouse is a, is a complete waste of time. Wow. Ansel, like, tries to, like, shift away from... And she <laughs> and she doesn't make eye contact like, the entire time. She's just, like, looking at the books, trying to, like, read the titles as she says it. Yeah, even Jocelyn is taken aback by that one. Very well. Straight to it. Detention for all of you. Triple, because nobody has... Um... Nobody has confessed clearly for this, unless... Somebody here has something they would like to say. A, I would like to that's say a something. Fair punishment. I already a told voice. Professor Moore that I caught Jocelyn stealing toilet paper. Why am I being punished for trying to assist the establishment in correcting rule breaking? Is there yeah. any way that I can say that I know something about like the school charter and how it comes to punishment that they need to know? Yes. Actual caught stuff. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Make what, a what brains would... roll. Brains Actually, roll? Okay. in Article 5, Addendum 3. <laughs> yeah, cite something obscure. Someone, I feel like someone who knows the rules is William. I would say that this is a difficulty 10. Success is impressive, but I... expected for people who are brainy and studied. This was, this was really awesome. I exploded. I got 13. Yeah! <laughs> So, what was your die for brains? And <laughs> a D10. All right, <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so you rattle off this obscure thing that. Uh, tell me again, what is what is the uh, the problem here? Well, first off, the problem it comes down to is that you are now just accusing me without actually placing anybody at the crime. Okay, it could be any one of. First off, we don't even know what the actual issue that you're accusing us. I'm just getting detention because you assume that I have done something wrong. And first off, as we can say, we live in Canada where you are proven innocent before you are guilty. And, and then I'll just continue going off like this for about five minutes. And the tapping of the pen gets faster and faster. She keeps on trying to intersect, like interject, and I'm just like, nope, and just continue going. <laughs> All right, and then at which point, uh, when it's reached, like, two minutes, uh, she takes the pen and points it at you, and nobody else can hear you now. You can continue speaking, <laughs> but <laughs> you're not making any sound. And she says, Look, everybody plays pranks now and again. This one, poor taste. Some of us, not happy with the situation that happened here this morning. Now, perhaps triple detention is a little bit unfair. Nevertheless, there needs to be a punishment. So, essays, personal essays about responsible use of magic I don't think my father will be very pleased to hear about this. How how many pages? 
two pages single spaced and Lord Von Trammelsworth can call me. Oh, be assured that he will. Two questions. Antiquated term. We don't use phones. Two questions. Um, one, can the essay be longer than two pages? And num- <laughs> number two, will this punishment be on my permanent record? And she's a little taken aback. Um, yes, minimum two pages and no, this is not a permanent record offense. No, okay, perfect. I want to give a maximum. I was just going to ask if there's a maximum page count. I'm morbidly curious. No. Excellent. Thank you, ma'am. This is a very fair punishment. Thank you. Even though some of us were not responsible for these goings on, this is a fair punishment, and I appreciate you. <laughs> it's a fair punishment for something you know you didn't do. I am always willing to take punishment because it means improvement. I'm not going to even touch that. There's a lot to unpack right there, Harper. I'm sorry, did the office just then get broken into by ninjas? <laughs> We're going to just do this first. Oh, um, and... Yeah, go ahead. You finish. I was just going to ask when it was due. End of the week. Um, and so she she's sort of listening to Harper and kind of nodding along and getting confused. You get this... There's a look in her eye that maybe like very meta described as, I think I've just assigned a dissertation. <laughs> You're damn right. I stepped in a bear trap. And she's like, oh dear. Um, but she suddenly seems a little bit distracted. And she looks off to the side um, like sort of in the way that the office is, is um, situated. She's looking eastward like through the wall and she stands up and uh, swirls her hand right as this wave of sort of crystalline blue energy comes through the wall and you see her quickly snap a defensive spell in place around the five of you um, it shoots up in this like uh, arcane circle with runes around it and then this blue curtain of energy slams into it over her past you and continues through the castle. You're all fine, and she's gone. We uh, punishments. Uh, headmaster. Do I still get to write the essay? I think we don't have to write the essay. The office is empty. And I'm asking if we get to. Also, what? All right, uh, I start Jocelyn... going behind her desk and start opening stuff up and let's see what's got inside here. Oh, uh, it seems it seems like she is a brandy woman. Sorry, Jocelyn, you were doing something? I was doing similar, looking around the office and poking into that back room to see where she's gone and checking my watch to see if time missed us or something, because why would she just be gone? I'm going to do magic 
to see if I can detect what kind of magics are through here. Okay. Uh, so that magics. Guess we are wizards. Brains. That would be a brains magic. Uh, which is, yeah, reveal something hidden, understand something mysterious, or see into a different place or space or time. Hang Ooh. on, let me set the Well, I rolled really well, so, I mean. Is it possible for more than one person to attempt that? Yeah, for sure. So let's go with the uh, difficulty. You're understanding what would happen. I would say that this is something that was definitely reality bending. Um, it's not what you're doing. But it's just such an esoteric thing that happened that it's going to start at a five. Mm-hmm. Uh, person disappeared, so we're going to give the plus three, so that's an eight. Uh, duration is instantaneous, so that's a zero. Um, I would say that this is a fairly straightforward use of divination magic um, that you've seen before. So I would say the plus one. So I think that puts us to a nine. I got uh, almost maximum what I could get, so I got a thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah, thirteen for brains. Seventeen for brains. Wow. Okay. I had so, an explosion. <laughs> um. So, Jen, you got a thirteen. It was a nine. So... You do the spell, but not impressively. And then, sorry, Patrick, you got a 16? 17. Sorry, was was this magic with magic die? Yes, or just with, regular? The, with the d4 with the magic die. I did not roll a d4. Oh, wow, this is your d20 skill? No, that's d10. I had an explosion. I rolled a 10 and then a 7. And then a oh, 2. Oh, there's an explosion! I got an explosion, too! I thought we couldn't explode on magics. Not on the d4, but yes yeah, on the d10 die. will. I rolled a d10 on my d10. Nice. A ten. So, so then I, I also I also got a seventeen. I rolled a four. Alright, so Jen got a seventeen, and then Patrick with your magic die. Nineteen. Nineteen. Okay, so then against uh that is both of you in the plus five to plus nine. Uh, so both of you cast the spell quite impressively. To anyone watching, it seems like the spell the character has... Uh, this is a spell the character has mastered and functions perfectly. So what does... Uh, Jen, what does your spell look like first? As you're sort of like casting and figuring out what's happening. My movements are all very business. They're, they're just very direct and it just is like a... Like a little laser shoots out and does a scan up and down. Bam, bam. She's she's cyborg from the future. <laughs> and then Ansel's spell? Uh is a lot more showy than uh Yeah, like he's because he has his cane, he's like holding it like near the, the head and, and drawing arcane sigils in the air. Uh and it's like way too much and he is wearing a half cape. Uh and it's like f- he's flapping, it's like hitting people in the face. Excellent. He's obnoxious. <laughs> um, and so the two of you uh, are casting the spell, and we're going to get back to that. And I'm just going to double check. So uh, William is looking through the desk. I think Grace was was Harper looking through the desk as well? When do you no, get Harper... to look through Headmaster's desk? Harper's <laughs> writing her essay already. 
Yeah, Harper <laughs> is kind of mentally like putting together her outline, but also at the same time being like, okay, so then the vice principal is so and so, and then following that, like <laughs> here is a hierarchy of people who we need to contact, and then based on that hierarchy, if these people are also compromised, then here are the students who will be in charge, and here's how much it takes to get to me being in charge. Never. <laughs> Where did you place yourself among this group? Is anybody ranked higher than you in seniority? I mean, William's the oldest, so I feel like he might be kind of the de facto leader. Basing age on leadership and you land on William being the leader is a clear <laughs> falling apart of your system where you base uh, authority. Oh, I'm, I am regularly in conflict with this ideal because, you know, he is older than me, but also his judgment is terrible in some Correct. instances. Uh, but generally, in some? He, generally, he does work for the common good. His actions tend to be based on things that will better certain outcomes for certain groups, and this does generally improve things. This was a horrific error in judgment that I was not on board with. Technically, Madison is the oldest. A word? Oh, she believes she's... Yeah, I've lived like six or seven hundred years. Oh, yes, sorry. And I forgot to account that. What is Joss up to, Melissa? <laughs> uh, she was poking around in the office to see if there was like literally anywhere the headmaster could have gone. And like I said, checking the watch to make sure nothing strange happened with time, because that was really weird. Could you okay. imagine this is just like a fucking with us test? <laughs> She just, like, jumps, like, through a side door. <laughs> I love tests. Um, so you can search around. Looking at your watch, no time has passed, such as you can see. Uh, you can absolutely make a brains roll to search around for secret passages and stuff. Oh, no. But yeah, I love I secret passages. <laughs> I love secret passages! Um, this is going to be... Um, I'm going to say an 11. But it explodes if I hit the top number of the die. Correct. It does. And you have adversity tokens that you can spend. And if you fail, you gain adversity tokens. I rolled a one. Okay. So you failed. So you gain an adversity token. Um, you search around and you're fairly certain that there's no hidden compartments or doors in this room. We should go check and see how far that went. And maybe the headmaster's in trouble and we should tell somebody. At which point we get back to the spells, uh, the divination and figuring out what's happened. Um, the wave of energy caught... Uh, the caught uh, head professor Yi and sort of like scooped her up in a way that like a wave would, would grab you and pull you and she turned into energy and was pulled with it cool I think we should call my father I think if we need a voice of authority then there's only one that I turn to for all answers. What about your Don't mom? Say. I mean, she's there too. You're such a daddy's boy. It's gross. 
Well, also... when your father runs uh, Tramblesworth Wands, uh, you can ha be a, a daddy's girl, you know? It's important. His daddy got in those fancy clothes on the backs of exploited workers. Unlike this conversation... Uh, I don't think he actually had any workers. It was just created with magic because of wizardry. We should check on others. What yeah. others? The rest of the school, maybe other teachers, maybe other students. Wouldn't if it be horrifying gone, if we were the only ones here? We technically then own the school. <gasps> Finders keepers, yes. Um, so, real quick before we go in, just a quick point of order. I definitely said Lord Von Trammelsworth. Is he a lord? Yeah. Alright. Established. Madison just starts walking out. Jocelyn hurries after because she actually is worried about this. <laughs> also, uh, wand up. Ansel is now just in his own mind viewing the school as his personal new uh, property that we can uh, adjust it. So he's he's basically just going through and cataloging what changes he's going to make. Mentally remodeling. Yeah, 100%. Like this wall... No, we don't need it anymore. These pillars, gauche. Let's move them. So it's about lunchtime right now. Um, do you head back to the Great Hall? Uh, do you hit, like, the first classroom that you go to? Where are you going? Is there um, a vice principal's office? I was going to say, Harper, who's the next in... Who should we find? Oh, well, that would be vice principal, insert name here, Merrick. Steel. Scott Steel. Whoa, he's, he's got to be super handsome. Um, what is that word? Handsome? Like, I've got a vague... It's oh. what people say to you every day, hon. Okay. I've never really fully 100% understood what the word winsome meant. You know, you've read it. I say oh. you totally ignored my life. All right, if you found a face sorry, that says say? winsome to you, do share. It's okay, she, what's winsome? She was insinuating no, that you're called handsome constantly. Oh, thank you. Um, And that's what it is, attractive or appealing. So Scott Steele is a winsome, uh, but kind of uh, short fuse kind of professor. He's he's a loud, shouty guy. Oh my god, it's just Ansel as a professor. Can we Ansel say he looks like James Marsden? Ansel does not shout. Yes, he's actually also considered to be quite gaunt. So he's he's definitely got that sort of like um, handsome, sharp-featured uh, wizard that... Uh, oh, James Marsden. I was thinking Marsters. Oh, also very good. Yeah, I think Marsters. No, I, I say Spike Laps. <laughs> um, that's an excellent gift of James Marsters. So, I, uh, you head down the hallway uh, to his office. The door is open. Um, Nobody there. I think we should check on the cafeteria next. I see this escalating, and I'm not knocking on every door. You're not wrong. I think that one table would be good. A nice, big, 
heavy wood table. Maybe we each get like sort of a throne to it. Uh, you know, a five position. It's going to be difficult because there's four sides to it. Oh, like a pentagonal table. Just a circular table, right? Oh, I like that. That's in, <laughs> that's in the notes. I don't have a notebook. Uh, How do you not have a notebook in your school bag? Harper, take notes. Um, we're going with a pentagonal table in the lunchroom. Uh, perhaps deep, uh, dark Enzo? wood with lighter oh, inlays. I have 11 I notebooks in my bag. Guys. I'm not wasting them go. on you. I gotta go check on macaroni. And Enzo. Jocelyn goes tearing off to her dorm. Enzo, oh, are uh, you taking those medicine? There's no way in hell you're getting this castle. This line of reasoning is just castle. a waste of time. That's not how possession works. We, did we lose Jocelyn? Yeah, so Jocelyn is running off to the dorm rooms at this point. Oh my god, Winkle! I am going to follow her. I'll follow you guys. I don't have to worry because right here in this old pocket is Tiberius. And I'm going to yell over my shoulder, You are not supposed to bring pets to class! A really Tiberius is not a pet. So with the scorpion on his shoulder, uh, and then the rest of you sort of head back to the dorms to check on your um, on your pets. We all go and we take uh, Ansel's average size scorpion back to. <laughs> also, are we seeing people as we're going through the halls? Is there like noise? What's going on? Completely empty. Okay, uh, so I hit the entry or the cafeteria. Yep. It, was it still lunch? It was still lunch when we left, right? Yeah, there still would be people in there. There'd be people cleaning up. There's and it's just there. It's just tables with food, like you know, the, what's what's it called yeah. when everybody gets pulled in the sky? Uh, the rapture. 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 It's like they ever got a rapture. Yeah. There's definitely like a tray on the ground where like maybe somebody was walking and it got uh, disappeared. Ansel notes it for a second and then continues with measuring. In, like, paces out the, the lunchroom. Um, when uh, Joss and whoever else is heading back to the dorms goes to the dorms, um, you discover that uh, your your familiars are gone as well. Living creatures. Gone. We this has gone know. too far. <laughs> I feel that pranks picked... are just a plague on society, and we don't need to do that. You pick two big of familiars, guys. Gotta keep the scorpion on you. Ow. Frick. It goes numb. I figured Macaroni would enjoy napping more than he would enjoy following me to class and not class, and now I regret that. Just as a quick spoiler, none of your pets will be harmed. Thank you. You've I'm glad, but Jocelyn doesn't know that yet. They'll be you fine. Characters don't. But just as a heads up. You'll never see them ever again. Harper. So yeah. this was some sort of uh, matter to energy conversion. I haven't been studying that this time. Uh, what have you seen about it? Should we check the library? Oh, yes. I I feel like I've seen that in Transfiguration class. Um... DM, I feel like I've probably come across stuff like this before. Yeah, for sure. This is definitely something that she would be studying. 
like in transfiguration, cha uh, changing things from matter to energy for sure. But yeah, I, this is something that you could go to the library to perhaps research a little bit about, um, figure stuff out. Oh, I remember some supplementary reading that I was doing um, during one of the lessons. It really helped with um, my extra credit essay. Uh, I know exactly where it is. Let's go. Okay. Oh my god, we can get into the restricted section. Ooh, I should tell you about the restricted section. Yes. It's called the Frozen Library. Oh, that's Ooh. really cool. Where Let it, it is literally cold because many of the books need to be kept at a lower temperature to be kept stable. Not books. That's the coolest thing. God, I love magic. All, all things. Why do we live just as regular stupid people? <laughs> we just have to not apply magic to every solution. I, I go mean, to a freezer just around. to get lunch. <laughs> You get to walk around with an enormous supercomputer in your pocket with a hotline to, like, the posted sum total of human knowledge. So that's pretty neat. Yeah, it's trash compared to if I could fly. So, um, on your way from the dorms to the library, you pass by the, um, uh, the cafeteria and you see Ansel, uh, <laughs> measuring stuff out. Who has has started moving tables out of the way, magically, of course, because why would I ever break a sweat, um, to properly measure out for where our new uh, dining hall will be. Get in, loser. We're going to the library. You're right. We should rearrange the library. Perfect. If you rearrange the library, I will rearrange your face. You will try. So in the library, a beautiful, uh, large library, uh, vaulted ceilings, uh, two levels of books, stacks on the main area, uh, windows to the side with lights coming in, and a couple of floating books just sort of like above the tables where people have put them. Like, you know, I was reading this and uh, you flip the page open and it just kind of stays there for you. Um, completely empty. But... As you all come in, you notice one of the side rooms uh, has a familiar sort of bluish glow coming out of it. Very similar to the wave of energy that passed over you. Oh uh, yeah, Madison will go check it out. Okay. Don't touch it. Ansel falls in directly behind Madison. All right. So you go into this side room, and it's a round room uh, with... It's a side library. Uh, it looks like it's focused mostly on, uh, you know, cartography and maps and things like that. But there is something in it that you do not recognize. There's normally, like, a, a, a lovely indoor tree in here. Uh, in the space of the tree, well, tree's still there. It's curling. You'll see in the picture right away. There is a pyramid of blue energy with, like, sharp uh, corners 
and arcane symbols kind of flowing along the surface of it like a fish tank. Can I try to translate some of these symbols? Oh! First of all, cool library. Would love to have that place. Um, yeah, so that sounds like a brain's roll, not a magic one. Ooh, but something happens. As you approach it, uh, there's some sort of, like, movement behind it. And, uh, what was your familiar again? Winkle, the hedgehog. Ah, you see Winkle kind of swimming along, and, like, its eyes catch yours. (laughs) And then it kind of disappears in sort of this wispy blueness. That's... Is that them? Jocelyn creeps closer with her hands behind her back so she doesn't accidentally touch the pyramid. Yeah, and as you approach, uh, Macaroni uh, appears, your little raccoon familiar in a yellow sweater, uh, sort of like swimming along uh it looks like they've got uh a snack in their hands and they're just kind of snacking on something looking around give a tiny high five to tiberius (laughs) snap oh he i think you're right harper i think they're all inside there How, how do we get them out do we break it Harper is acknowledging. Her eyes roll back in her head. She's in her mind palace now. So I exploded, and that's a 32. Jesus! Harper goes, Wow. (gasps) So that was was a brains roll? It was, and I have a d20. I got a natural 20, then rolled 11 on the next one. And uh, because you said it's not a magic roll, I have a 1 to my brain stat. Her eyes just become computer screens with, like, text flashing across them. Well, I know Kung Fu. (laughs) (laughs) Old star reference. So, um, you definitely know what this is. This is um, an incredibly complex spell that you've only seen because your transfiguration teacher showed you a very, very old book in extra credit. But uh, it's a it's a prison spell where basically somebody has conjured uh, something that traps everyone within sort of a radius and compresses them into sort of like a semi-dimensional space. And you know, depending on uh, what, how much power was put into it and who was casting it, this could last for an hour or it could be permanent. But because you haven't seen anybody in the school, you're assuming it's probably on the length of a couple of hours, maybe a day at the most, because gathering up 70 odd people 75 80 people and shoving them all 
into this extra dimensional space uh, would take a lot of power. Um, Madison's going to say really absentmindedly, I think this is the plot of Home Alone? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Massive Damage Adventures. Please rate and subscribe and follow us on Twitter at SkyHammerK, on Instagram at SkyHammerPress, on YouTube at SkyHammerPress, and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Adventures. If you want some outtakes, keep listening after I stop talking. G-Arc isn't oh, working no. today. What? No, that can't be. G-Arc never fails me. Yeah, here it is right here. Mm-hmm. They're so pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nicer because it fits in all the boxes. Ah, oh, Roll20 like has this the nicest, good. prettiest character sheets that you can fill in online. Thanks, Roll20! I, I do like the feature. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to go through the last bits of character creation. And so what this is, uh, basically you're going to be picking your wands and brooms. Oh, yes. I was so hoping that was a thing. Oh, I was so hoping that was a thing. <laughs> I was like, it's blank and I didn't get any info on how to do that. Maybe we just don't get them. No, we yeah. get them. Yeah, so if you're you can't play a game called Kids on Brooms and not get brooms, I would have <laughs> <a> Jack <laughs> storyteller. <laughs> <laughs>